plea for a universal basic income was something I thought I would never hear at a public meeting in Shepparton, but it came on Tuesday night, April 26, from the mouth of Fusion Party candidate Andrea Otto. Andrea, an accountant from Gunbower, who works with the Swan Hill Rural City Council, was one of nine candidates seeking election to the federal seat of Nichols in the May 21 election. All 11 candidates had been invited to the forum, but only nine accepted, or only nine turned up. The forum had been organised by the Committee for Greater Shepparton. The idea of a universal basic income is something that I've always been excited about, always been fascinated by, and so I was really impressed to see it raised at a public meeting, particularly in Shepparton. The day after the forum, I got to talk to Andrea, so we'll get through some formalities and then we'll have a listen to the discussion I had with Andrea. Welcome to this latest episode of Climate Conversations. I'm your host, Robert McLean, and I'm coming to you from Shepparton in Victoria, Australia, from the lands of the Yorta Yorta people, yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people, and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. I've been involved with the practical side of the climate conversation since the early 2000s. That's attending lectures and reading whatever I could find. And although the public interest has broadened as the years have passed, it became apparent to me a few years ago that much more needed to be said, and it was important terribly important that we were making much more noise. Unsure of what to do to reach more people, I decided to try my hand, or should I say more correctly my voice, at podcasting. And what you're listening to now is the result of those efforts. There appeared to be a great silence about the climate crisis, and this podcast is an effort by me to increase the volume of my voice, and so help end that silence. Fortunately, it was not as silent as I had thought, as many other podcasts were beavering away and were attempting to alert the world to the climate crisis. And several months ago, I was found, so to speak, by Mark Spencer from the Climactic Collective. Music for this podcast comes courtesy of Music for a Warming World, a Melbourne-based group, and you'll find a link to that group in the episode notes. I trust you'll enjoy this episode, and if you do... Please feel free to share it with your friends. For the record, where are you from, Andrea? Um, so I grew up on the on the Mornington Peninsula, um, and in my early twenties, I moved up here, um, and uh, and I really I really um, really love the the forests and the waterways and the rivers. Um, and so I stayed, you know, met, met a fella, um, had a couple of kids, um, and it's, it is the most amazing part of the world, really, um, with some of the, the best waterways um, in Australia, if you, if you ask me. <laughs> Why the Fusion Party and how did you get involved? Um, so Fusion uh, came about because last year um, the coalition uh, Labor and One Nation got together and decided that uh, the 500 uh, membership 
wasn't wasn't a high enough bar for us. So they gave us three months and tripled the membership. Um, you know, all, all the small parties that came together to create Fusion tried to get their membership and, and none of us could. So uh, we came together um, and we work, um, worked collaboratively, collaboratively uh, in order to... Um, in order to uh, form a form a party uh, that met the criteria of fifteen hundred people, I was with um, Climate Emergency Action Alliance or Vote Planet, um, and so our our goal was to have climate emergency on the ballot paper, and uh, and we've achieved that, so we're really pleased with with that. But um, we've we've joined with science pirates. Uh, secular and uh, climate justice, as well as um, as Vote Planet, and that's given us a really broad um, range of policies, uh, and and you know sort of harnessed the specialty areas that uh, that the other parties had that that perhaps we didn't. And both you and your party have made some strong and positive statements about climate change. Can you tell me something about that? Um, well, we understand that climate change is is uh, problematic. It's caused by people, and government isn't doing anything. We've had, you know, we, this this isn't new science. It's been around since the nineteen fifties, and we still aren't doing anything. And and you know, I'm worried for my children. That's that's what got me involved in the first place. I want my kids to inherit a planet that they can live on. And if we keep going the way we are, that's not going to happen. So how do you feel about the Liberal National Party's net zero by 2050 target? Well, it's it's not very ambitious, is it? Um, you know, we really need to um, we need to stop all fossil fuel extraction and we need to quickly transition to renewable energy and we're well placed in the in that space in terms of sun wind um and and water to provide that we could be we could put hydro in you know small turbines in right along the rivers up here and power you know northern victoria solar um or, or renewable energy i should say doesn't really fit with the poles and wire strategy. It's it's better off in in hubs, um, and with with the uh, with the hydro, that's that's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, so it's it's reliable power, and I just I'm just not sure what the barriers are or why that hasn't hasn't been uh, implemented. Every time we put a new weir in, we should put a turbine in and create some power from it. I just asked you about the uh, LNP's net zero target by 2050 and just reading the national media today, it appears to be falling apart. So, certainly does. It's not, not unexpected, actually. They're pretty radical up in... It's coming from Queensland, I think. So, um. Yeah, um, it's, it's quite disappointing, really. Um, you know, I think... Um, I'm not sure why that is the case. I suspect it's probably driven by money uh, and and political donations. 
Um, you know, the corruption that we see um, today is is a reflection of political donations, uh, you know, corporates that, um, you know, that are, are feeding money in or have, you know, really great lobbyists that have, have a door direct to politicians that the everyday Australian doesn't have. And so the ever, everyday Australian is overlooked. How would you engage the people of Nichols over the issue of climate change? Well, I think the um, I think for the most part, well, definitely Shepparton is is already on the right path. Um, but I think we we have to sell the 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 positives. So Fusion has a eight hundred percent renewable energy target, and what that means is by by twenty thirty, we want to have renewable energy at a hundred percent, powering our homes and businesses. Uh, and then we want to capture, uh, rem- you know, more energy and export that overseas. So I think that's actually a really great policy. And we can export that to places like Germany, who are currently buying uh, coal from coal-fired um, power from Russia um, because they, they don't have the sun, you know, like we do. They're, they're buying Russia's gas, aren't they, I think? Oh, yeah. gas, yeah. yeah, sorry, I yeah. think you're right, yeah. yeah I think mm. it's the ga- that's what they're concerned about, how they're, how they're going to get by without their gas. But Shepparton has declared a climate emergency. Would you like to see the federal government do that as well? That would be my um, my number one aim if I was uh, to get a, get a seat at the table would be to declare a climate emergency and then treat it like an emergency. We've seen with COVID when we had a pandemic emergency that we were able to you know um we were able to support people for nearly two years in and out of lockdown um and we did that really successfully and the and the government found the money and the government will always find the money for an emergency they just don't see climate as that at the moment yes it was interesting during the covid thing that what was in, what had always been declared impossible suddenly became possible, didn't it? Exactly right. They were finding money from everywhere. So why should the people from Nichols vote for you, Andrea? Well, I guess um, I guess if they want a a safe planet for their children, that's what I'm fighting for. That was the reason that I got into politics. I've always been politically engaged, um, but. That's the reason that I joined a party and that's the reason that I'm running because, you know, we we really need to make sure that our children inherit a, a planet that they can they can survive on, that they can grow food on um, and that, that they can have a ha- happy, healthy life on. Um, and I'm really concerned that, that with the, the way the current status quo has been, that... Um, you know, with either of the majors, to be honest, uh, we're not going to get that because it's not going to happen quickly enough. Andrew, is there something else you would like to say? Um, oh, look, I'd be, um, I'd love for people to go to uh, fusionparty.org.au, uh, check out our policies, um, and if you like them, uh, you know, vote for us. We have. Uh, you know, members in both lower house seats and uh, and the Senate, two Senate candidates. One of those is my daughter, uh, Talia Farrant. So, um, 
you know, we would love for you to go and have a look at our website and uh, if you like our policies, join up or, um, or at least vote for us, number one. And people can hear you speak again tomorrow night at the La Trobe University in Shepparton? I'm hoping to be there. I haven't quite nailed that down yet with work. Um, we're a bit busy at the moment, but I am, I'm doing my damnedest to make sure I get there. I urge you to make an effort to get along to Shepparton's La Trobe University tomorrow night at 6.30 to hear Andrea and the other candidates talk about what they will do for Nichols should they be elected on May 21. Again, thank you, Andrea. Climate Conversations is published with the support of the Mark Spencer-published Climactic Collective. And it's just one of more than 20 podcasts making up that collective. More about the collective and the associated podcast can be found at climactic.fm. Music for Climate Conversations is from the Melbourne-based group Music for a Warming World. You can find a link to that group in the episode notes. Responsibility for Climate Conversations rests with me. But you could help with the questions. And if there is something specific that needs addressing, but the question is not being asked of whom it should be asked, please make a suggestion and send it to r.mclean, the number seven, at icloud.com. Earlier episodes of Climate Conversation can be found at the Climactic website. Simply search for climactic.fm. Go to the Climate Conversations artwork, click on that, and there you will find all the earlier episodes. Beyond that, and in all this climate chaos, remember just a few things. Put your faith in genuine climate science. Also, action is the best antidote to despair. And that, I must add, is one of the drivers of this podcast. And remember, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. That ends this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. And until we talk again, please take care. Thank you.